are listening to Audio Fanfic Podcast. Love and Lasagna by Unremarkable House on AO3. Rating, Teenin' Up. The smell of marinara sauce permeated throughout Mulder's apartment as he checked his well-worn recipe book for the next step. With the bechamel and red sauce ready, all Mulder had to do was layer the sauce over the noodles and bake. With an awkward care, he spooned some red sauce on the bottom of his foil pan and spread it around to make a base layer. Smoothing it out, using the back of the spoon with a sense of pride, cooking in general was not an activity that Mulder did often. But tonight was a special occasion, and he wanted to show his guest of honor that this simple act of domesticity was something he was capable of. He wondered whether Scully would judge him for buying a disposable foil tray instead of having a casserole dish. But if tonight went as he hoped, all future lasagnas would be made using her pans. Mulder allowed himself a few moments to daydream about what this future life with Scully could look like as he absentmindedly spooned the box of dry lasagna noodles getting ready to place them in the tray. The familiar jingle of keys in his lock snapped him out of his fugue state as he nervously checked over the apartment to make sure that everything was in order. Mulder admonished himself for the butterflies that filled his stomach with the anticipation of seeing Scully and talking about the changes in their relationship. Countless dinners and sleepovers had already occurred between them, yet Mulder never stopped being excited to see her. Intercepting Scully as soon as she walked through the door, Mulder kissed her a little too enthusiastically by pressing her up against the closed door in a dramatic sweep. Down, boy, Scully said with a laugh as she broke their kiss and pushed his body off her. Something smells good in here, Scully commented as she removed her coat to reveal a snug, low-cut top and jeans. That's probably me, and I showered this month, Mulder joked earning him a beloved Scully eye roll. Glancing around the kitchen, Scully noticed it was cleaner than usual, and Mulder had even set up his small table. Scully followed Mulder into the kitchen, fascinated by this new side of him. Seriously, Mulder, what's all this? I told you, Scully, I'm making you dinner. I even got your favorite wine. Mulder proudly displayed the bottle and filled two wine glasses. Taking a sip of her wine, Scully popped herself up onto the kitchen counter while Mulder washed his hands, preparing to get back to cooking. What are you making? Scully asked, glancing over the different pots, straining to see the recipe book from her current position on the counter. Lasagna, but I still need to assemble and bake it, so it'll be a while. Mulder took the dry lasagna noodles out of the box, getting ready to lay them in the foil pan when Scully stopped him. Mulder, those need to be boiled first, she said, holding up the pack. The recipe didn't say to cook the lasagna sheets, though. Mulder questioned, re-examining the book again. Jumping herself off the counter, Scully examined Mulder's worn book and explained they were probably using fresh pasta sheets when it was written. Grabbing another pot, Scully filled it with water, passing it to Mulder to place on the stove to boil. Nice save, Agent Scully. What would I have done without you? Eat crunchy lasagna? Would you have eaten it if I hadn't cooked the noodles? I would have tried it. 
there'd be no way to tell the noodles weren't cooked until you bit into them. The taste of disappointment. Exactly. Biting off a dried lasagna noodle, Mulder held it out to Scully to try, but she waved him off. I think I like them uncooked. It's like a flavorless chip. Shaking her head, Scully took the box of lasagna sheets from Mulder before he ate any more, carefully placing them in boiling water. Setting the timer for ten minutes, a thought intruded Scully's brain, and her forehead crinkled in contemplation. Seeing her pensive state, Mulder pondered, What? Oh, just wondering what we should do with the pasta once it's cooked. I have a spaghetti strainer. Shouldn't we just dump the water and noodles in that? No, because they'll stick together, and it'll be tricky for you to grab one or two at a time to layer them without tearing. So we need to extract them individually from the hot water? Maybe hang them before we use them? Glancing around the small kitchen for utensils, inspiration suddenly hit Scully. Mulder, your chopstick drawer. Genius. Mulder opened his kitchen drawer, filled with the extra chopsticks and soy sauce packets from his heavy diet of takeout. Mulder moved his recipe book out of the way and started to carefully lay out glasses, placing chopsticks across them to act as a makeshift drying rack. Without words, Mulder handed Scully a pair of chopsticks as the timer beeped, signaling the pasta was cooked. Holding his breath with anticipation, Mulder watched in awe as Scully worked, a smile on his face at the marvel that is Dana Scully. With surgical precision, Scully delicately extracted each floppy lasagna noodle from the pot and placed them carefully on Mulder's chopstick racks. Once the pot was empty and all the lasagna sheets were hanging, she announced her success with an exaggerated ta-da and a bow, receiving an applause from Mulder while laughing at her theatrics. Taking her seat back on the counter, Scully refilled both their wine glasses while watching Mulder assemble the lasagna. The care he took and the confidence he exuded while cooking was frankly sexy, and Scully wondered if he'd be offended if they skipped dinner altogether. He'd only reached the middle layer when Scully spotted him sprinkling cheese and bechamel sauce over the tray. A little early to be adding the cheese and sauce, isn't it, Mulder? No, Scully. That's my trick to a good lasagna. I add a secret layer of cheese in the middle. I'm not going to lie. That sounds amazing. My stomach's growling. There's salad in the fridge if you want to start on that. As Scully grabbed the salad bowl from the fridge and removed the plastic from the top, she was happy to see Mulder had finished constructing the lasagna and now covered it with foil and placed it in the oven. All right, Scully, 30 minutes and it'll be cooked. I just put some herb bread in there too. That should be done in about 10. Sounds good to me, Scully said, raising her glass in appreciation. Mulder topped off their wine glasses again, amused that they had almost finished the bottle before they'd even managed to eat their salads. Scully, do you want to get us some bowls? We should probably eat something, given how much wine we've had. Scully looked up from the large salad bowl that she had been picking at with a pair of chopsticks and waved off the bowl suggestion. I'm fine with chopsticks, but we should probably stay near the kitchen. The bread will be done soon anyway. Here. Scully used her chopsticks to grab a bell pepper, feeding Mulder. Getting his own pair of chopsticks, Mulder joined her on the counter. He poked his chopsticks into the salad bowl and struggled to pick up a cherry tomato. 
laughing at his difficulty. Scully deftly intercepted the tomato and picked it up, motioning to feed it to Mulder. But at the last minute, popped in her own mouth with delight. Mulder begrudgingly speared a piece of lettuce and chewed it with contempt. Scully's skills with chopsticks always surpassed his, and over the years, she never missed an opportunity to remind him of it. Taking another sip of wine, Scully was roused from his mellowed state by the oven timer. Bread is ready, Mulder. Scully's voice had a slight slur, betraying her tipsiness. Mulder wobbled over to the oven and awkwardly used some tongs to retrieve the loaf of Italian herb bread. He dropped it haphazardly onto a plate to be sliced later. He was definitely a little buzzed. You've got to take the foil off the lasagna so the cheese will brown, but be careful. Scully warned a little late as Mulder cursed, clutching the hot foil with his bare hands. Probably should have used a dishcloth, Mulder said, making his way to the kitchen sink to run his burnt fingers under cool water. After a couple of minutes, Mulder decided they were fine and turned the tap off, drying his hands. Let me see, Mulder, Scully commanded, and Mulder dutifully held them up for her inspection, standing between her legs as she checked his injury. Satisfied that it was just a superficial burn, Scully placed a tender kiss on each of his knuckles. Better? Much. Mulder smiled, closing the small distance between them with a kiss. Pulling him close to her, Scully locked her arms and legs around Mulder, invading his mouth with her tongue and getting lost in the moment. Instinctively, Mulder lifted Scully off the counter, but with no real plan of where to take her and his coordination affected by the wine, he rocked a little off balance and slowly landed on the kitchen floor. Both of them sat in shock on the floor for a few minutes before bursting into laughter. Mulder's planned romance Scully with his cooking had gone off the rails. I think we need to eat something to soak up this wine. Agreed. We're definitely inebriated. Scully smiled, proud she got her words out, but also decidedly drunk. Mulder blindly reached a hand up to the counter and groped around until his hand came in contact with the warm bread. Dragging it down to them, Mulder pulled off a chunk and proudly offered it to Scully. Even while drunk, Mulder encouraging her to eat a chunk of bread, he pulled out of nowhere, gave Scully pause, and she looked at it skeptically. The decision was made for her. Mulder, amused by her hesitation, decided to speed up the process and push the bread into her mouth. Despite the volatile way that it was delivered to her, the warm bread and herbs hit the spot. Scully found herself moaning appreciatively. This is really good, Mulder. Having finished her wedge, Scully couldn't contain her laughter as she watched Mulder holding the remaining loaf vertically between his two hands, taking bites from the end like an overgrown raccoon. The sound of her laughter made Mulder look up from his meal, cluelessly offering her a bite of the bread. When she refused, Mulder resumed happily munching on the loaf of bread once more. The oven timer dinged and Scully awkwardly got up to remove the lasagna from the oven. Impressed by the smell and the beautiful brown color, placing it on the counter to cool, Scully grabbed both wine glasses, plunking back down on the floor next to Mulder. With only a small hunk of bread left, Mulder eagerly set their wine glasses aside, shoving the chunk into Scully's face before wiping his greasy hands onto his jeans. Mulder, 
You've really got to stop shoving food into my face, Scully half-heartedly scolded. But it's romantic to feed your lover. It's not romantic if I choke, Scully warned with a laugh. Snuggling into Mulder's side, both relaxed into each other's arms. So Mulder, you never did tell me what this night was all about. Mulder had wanted to use tonight's dinner to discuss the logistics of starting a family with her. But given that they were both a little drunk, he decided to try to put the conversation off until after they'd eaten. Attempting to throw her off the scent, Mulder declared, Happy anniversary, Scully. Anniversary of what? I don't know. We've known each other for over six years. Take your pick. The anniversary of destroying your clothes while chasing a mutant? I don't think we should celebrate that. Well, from now on, it could be the anniversary of us getting drunk in my kitchen the one time I attempted to cook for you. With a laugh, Scully raised her wine glass to Mulder. Now that I'd drink to. Cuddling back into Mulder's chest, he placed a soft kiss on her head before asking, Do you think the lasagna has cooled down enough to eat? I'm still hungry. It should be. Just be careful when you go check on it. With a groan, Mulder pushed himself onto his feet and over to the lasagna tray. Using his index finger, he cautiously poked into it. Mulder, use a fork or something, Scully admonished with an amused laugh. At least he wasn't eating the evidence at a crime scene again. Mulder grabbed a fork and stabbed at the lasagna. Satisfied, it made its way through with minimal resistance. He speared the little section he'd prodded with the fork, capturing a chunk of lasagna and putting it into his mouth. The flavors were perfect, and to his relief, it had cooled down enough not to burn him. Looking over at Scully on the floor, he teasingly asked, Okay, woman, should I attempt to get this on some plates and we'll move the party to the table? I'm comfy. Just grab me a fork and we'll eat it here. At that moment, Mulder couldn't have loved her more. Scully always managed to surprise him. But the romantic evening, deteriorating into a drunken, forking the contents of the lasagna pan from his kitchen floor, was just the kind of chaos he cherished. Grabbing some extra dish towels and a fork for Scully, Mulder proudly presented the pan to her, setting it on his lap while encouraging her to try some. Mulder, this is amazing. Great job, Scully said, enthusiastically savoring her bite while Mulder watched before eating more himself. They contentedly ate in silence, managing to consume a sizable portion of the tray before Mulder finally spoke. Scully, what's going to happen if we have a kid? I think we'd probably eat at the table, but I'm sure you'd still manage a few kitchen floor picnics with us. That thought made them both smile, but Mulder pushed forward, needing a clearer picture of what the living arrangements would entail. No, I mean, would you move in here? Do I sell my apartment and we get a place together? Do you want to live with me? I do. I worried you'll get sick of me and need your space. Oh, I know I'll get sick of you, but I don't think space is a luxury you get as parents. To put it in basketball terms, I see our best strategy is his own game instead of man-on-man. -man. Or are you worried you'll get sick of me? Reaching over to give her a kiss, he replied, You just made a perfect basketball analogy to describe parenting styles. I could never get sick of you. Maybe I can move into your place and we'll rent out my apartment or use it as storage. Fox Mulder, you just want to avoid packing. 
Of course. Why do you think I bought this place when the building converted to condos? Standing up off the floor, Mulder offered Scully a hand, and they made their way to the couch. Scully grabbed them glasses of water while Mulder took command of the VCR. Scully, your choices are that Hungarian documentary you wanted to watch, or The Breakfast Club. I'm still too tipsy for subtitles. Let's watch The Breakfast Club. Satisfied with her choice, Mulder took his position, lying on the back of the couch while Scully snuggled in front of him. Handing him his glass of water, Scully silently instructed him to drink it. Scully, who did you relate to from The Breakfast Club? Molly Ringwald? Just because we both have red hair? No, I was never the spoiled princess type. I was more of an outsider like Ali Sheedy. I didn't get detention, though. I was smart enough not to get caught. What about you, Mulder? Wait, let me guess. Everyone saw you as the Emilio Estevez type, but you were secretly a rebel like Judge Nelson at heart. Scully's guess elicited a genuine laugh from Mulder. Not even close. You give me way too much credit. I was Anthony Michael Hall, gangly nerd all the way. But I saw your yearbooks. You were a big basketball star. Your mom showed me all your high school pictures. This little tidbit of information was news to Mulder. Since when did Scully hang out with his mother? When did you even see my mom? Where was I? That time you stranded me at her house a few years back? I was drugged. Scully's chuckle at Mulder's response. He nuzzled her neck, offering a soft apology with a kiss. Even though I played basketball, I was still an awkward nerd. I hung around lots with girls who liked me only as a friend. Scully giggled at the picture Mulder painted of his nerdy high school past. Silently, she hoped that any other future children would inherit his sweetness and good heart. Scully, did your high school have Saturday detention? I don't think so. Did yours? No. But if I was a teacher and I had to come into work on a Saturday to survive a detention, I'd be pissed off too. You're officially old Mulder. You're sympathizing more with the adults in this movie. Mulder playfully swatted Scully's hip at that comment. Watch it, Scully, or you won't gain any dessert. Mulder had uttered magic words and Scully suddenly perked up. Dessert? Hmm. I have a tiramisu in the fridge. When the room stops spinning, I plan on eating it off your chest. Rolling around to face him, Scully solemnly said, Actually, I think it would taste better if I ate it off you, Mulder. Scully raked a hand through his hair and nipped at his lower lip, eliciting an excited groan. Either way, this is turning out to be a messy night. If you like this story and would like to contribute, you can do so by going to our Patreon page at www.patreon.com forward slash audio fanfic pod. As a patron, you are granted early access to one new story of your choosing per month. Thank you for listening. And remember, the stories are out there. <laughs>